0: Cole Anthony has a new contract with the Orlando Magic. What that says about him, the Magic, and the direction of the league. Plus, I make my official prediction for the Orlando Magic season. Why the Orlando Magic are making the play-in and maybe doing more because I've got some more bold takes that I'm going to come up with on the spot today on this NBA New Year's edition of Locked On Magic.
1: You are locked on magic. Your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: on Magic today is October 24th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. Happy NBA New Year to all those who celebrate. I know you're celebrating. I'm celebrating. The NBA is back tonight. We're going to get a couple of really fun games to get the season going. And of course, the main event comes Wednesday night when the Orlando Magic take on the Houston Rockets. Remember, 1995. Gonna be a fun night all around. Uh, fun, fun. Eighty-two games. We got eighty-two of these things. We did get some news though on Monday as Cole Anthony signed a new extension with the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about the implications of that. I will make my NBA predictions and a whole lot more. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game. D- first, we want to thank you. Before we get to that, first we want to thank you for making us part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us. Whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great Locked On podcasts covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. I was not expecting the news today. And certainly I was not expecting the amount that we got for Cole Anthony, but the Orlando Magic did not let the rookie extension deadline pass without taking care of business. And if there's one thing we know about Jeff Waltman at this point, um, besides the fact that nothing leaks until it's done, um, he takes care of business. Um, you know, obviously this is not, not a one-sided thing. There's no being tricked. There's no, there's 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 nothing underhanded going on here. Um, Cole Anthony and the Orlando Magic agreed to a three-year, $39 million extension with a team option on that final season. Um, So Cole Anthony's year 26 season. This will spill uh, Cole Anthony back out in the prime of his career right when the salary cap's about to uh, increase dramatically because of the the NBA's new TV deal. Um, It helps the Magic line up their contracts. I did not imagine, you know, not that Cole's the, this kind of person, but I did not imagine the Magic would get such a team-friendly deal uh, from Cole Anthony. Um, I, I, I expected, I suspected that he was going to be seeking as much money as he could get, that he was going to try and try and find a way to make starter money. I mean, he has said it very publicly that he believes he's a starter in this league. And look, I love the conference. I don't want a player of his age who doesn't believe he's a potential starter. But I had this post lined up. I published it maybe 15 minutes before um, fifteen minutes before the news broke from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, Magic has since made the signing official. Of course, terms are not disclosed. Um, I I truly believe that not only was Cole Anthony going to go out there and prove his worth to the rest of this league, that the Magic were going to put him in a role that would help him do that and and help him kind of get to $17, $18 million per year territory. Instead, Cole Anthony eventually ended up signing for a little bit more than the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Non-taxpayer mid-level exception is about $12 million. It's about the league average salary. This, honestly, like this... For all the worry that I had about Anthony and, and what and, and what his contract demands might be, this feels like a steal. I'm sure Cole is happy about it. He gets long term security; it's not hanging over him for the entire season. I do think that there is value for that, and there's a price you pay for that, um, and, and, or a price you're willing to pay for that kind of security. Cole has that. And the Magic take care of one of their guys again. You know, the Markel Fultz contract is still hanging out there, but that could get done anytime between now and June 30th. So. Not super concerned about that. Um, Cole Anthony to me is one of the best bench scorers in this league. Um, he uh, just, just looking at the stats, I, I think it's he's top ten in the league in points per game off the bench among players who played at least forty one games off the bench last year. After the All Star break, he was, I believe, fourth in the league um, in scoring average, averaging thirteen, you know, average thirteen point nine points per game, you know, somewhere in that somewhere in that range. Had his most efficient, uh, this is 13 points per game straight, I think, actually. um, He's at 14.2, I think, after the All-Star break. But he had his most efficient scoring season of his career last year. Really, really, really good work from Cole Anthony. There's a reason why Magic fans love him. It's not just because he's the best cheerleader for this team. He's the guy that loves his teammates as much as anybody else. I, I am a Cole Anthony stan. That guy That guy will go to war with anyone in his uniform. And, and you love that from people. He understand. I, I appreciate that he understands that there are shortcomings that he has to overcome and that he is willing to work to get them. Um, we know he is not the strongest defender in the world. He will admit that to you, that he can still improve defensively, but he is also going to fight defensively. The Magic have done some good things to try and hide that. Ultimately, I, I don't think he's a starter in this league. I, again, I appreciate and want him to believe that he is a starter in this league. Um, but I just don't think he's a starter in this league. And, and, and that might ultimately explain why he settled at $13 million, why he settled at the non-taxpayer MLE or a little bit above that that mark. Um, we all know what the Magic deal is. They they love length, they love versatility, they love size. That, that that that's the joke on draft night. That's what this team is about. That is a central philosophy of this team and of this organization. Um, someone asked me to mention this over the weekend, the magic did make, did, uh, make their final signing, their final two-way contract, uh, giving it to Trevel and queen. And, you know, there is a Mac McClung hive out there and Mac McClung's is a great player. I'm really excited. To, I hope we get to see him in Osceola. I hope he does get an opportunity somewhere because he is a very, very good player. But why did the magic go with Trevel and queen over Mac McClung? Well, if you watch the Flamengo game, the answer is obvious. Travel and queen is big. He's got size. He's got versatility. You can move him around in different places. Yes, he is not the greatest three-point shooter in the world. Mac McClung certainly is a better three-point shooter. But Trevlin Queen can defend multiple positions and and play at that level. That is something the Magic value. Why did they take Anthony Black? Six-foot-seven point guards don't grow on trees. I mean, he's not Penny Hardaway or anything like that. But the size thing mattered. Why did the Magic take Jet Howard over Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick? Jet Howard's a big dude, six foot eight, 215. That, that's what he's listed at, at least. Um, they love that size. And so the Magic are going in that direction. And the rest of the league is very clearly going in that direction. Too. Um, yes, there are players who, who are small and still make an impact. But you better be elite. Um, someone mentioned Jalen Brunson to me. Absolutely, Jalen Brunson, absolutely elite player. But the Knicks are building around him, and you know I'm not sure he is necessarily a star player on on, on that front. Um, this I think is ultimately what caught Cole Anthony, and this I think is ultimately why Cole Anthony kind of settled down at 39 million dollars. And you know I asked around a little bit about because I was shocked by the number. I was like, this 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 number can't be right. And a lot of people said, no, that's that's going to be the market for. A bench point guard in the league, a bench point guard in the league who doesn't have much of a ceiling. When you look at the rookie contracts that were handed out on Monday or or before Monday, size matters. Cole Anthony is six foot two. Peyton Pritchard, six foot one, signed for three years, $30 million. You telling me that Cole Anthony is $3 million per year better than Peyton Pritchard and not more? I, look, Peyton Richard's a great shooter. He's probably going to get a bigger role with the Celtics this year. The Celtics need to retain everyone they can because they're bumping up against the cap and the second apron. But no, no, Cole Anthony is a better player than them. You look at guys like Denny Avia. Denny Avia got four years, $44 million, uh, $54 million, if I'm not mistaken. Are you telling me that Denny who who's not averaged more than 10 points per game in any year of his career, is a better player is is worth more than Cole Anthony? If we're just going on production, that answer is no, like emphatically no. Um, there are plenty of other examples of players who uh, there are plenty of other examples. Let me let me pull up my list here. Denny Obvious signed four years, fifty five million dollars at nine point two points per game. Six foot nine swing for Josh Green selected eighteenth overall, averaging nine point one points per game. Excellent defender. Three-year, $41 million deal. Are you telling me that that he is $2 million total over a three-year contract better than Cole Anthony? The answer to that question is, now, you know, my friends at Lockdown Mavericks might disagree with me, and, and look, Josh Green is an excellent defender, but Cole, if you're paying for current production, Cole Anthony is a better player. But you look down the list, Devin Vassell got a five-year, thirty-five million deal for his excellence as a shooter. Jaden McDaniel's got a five-year $131 million deal for his excellent defense. Versatility and size pay in this league. And that's the one thing Cole Anthony doesn't have. And that might be the one thing holding Cole Anthony back. I I had some people comment uh, on this saying, like, Cole Anthony's the fire of his, his agents if that's all you could get. The reality might very well be that his agent told him, like, look, we could have a really good year. He could go out there, average 15 points per game off the bench, get votes for Sixth man of the year, which I think he will. I think Cole Anthony can do that. Um, do all that stuff and we'll come back in the off season and you're not going to get more than 15 million a year, if that. That may be what his agents ultimately told him. And so the play here for Cole Anthony is take a shorter term deal, get back into the market again when the salaries all bump up again and then get another payday, get another four-year contract, get another big payday um, for his career. Um, look, a- again, at the end of the day, Cole Anthony has to uh, has to approve and sign these things. Um, so he's accepting of this deal too. We had the market wrong. They, re- they may not have. Um, and obviously that's helping us kind of decide whether this was a good deal or not. It does very much feel like a good deal. I do think Cole Anthony is due for a big year, but you know, even Cole Anthony said it himself during training camp. Everyone on this team is versatile. Everyone on this team can guard multiple multiple positions, except me. Um, and, and I think that's whole. Uh, I think that's selling Cole short. I think his defense has gotten a lot better. But yes, he can only guard point guards. Yes, you're gonna have to hide him a little bit. You're gonna have to do some junk things to to make him good to to kind of keep him up defensively. And yes, at the end of the day, he is not going to be a starter. Um, and maybe he's accepted that. Maybe he hasn't. Um, he can play, you know, some starter minutes. He can produce at starter scoring levels. But that's where this negotiation ultimately fell. It's a good deal for the Magic. Obviously, Cole Anthony likes it too. And that's how we're going to move forward and get ready for the season. Only contract question that we have really is Markel Fultz. Um, he can, there's no deadline in him. He can sign any time before the end of his contract on June 30th. Although at this point, I would not expect him to sign anything until after the season ends. We'll probably see some. if if the Magic do decide to re-sign him. Uh, And again, I think they want to see him prove some stuff out on the floor, get a fully healthy season under him. I think he wants to do that too. Um, We'll see what the Magic ultimately decide. It is NBA New Year, and so I am going to provide you, or I'm going to tell you, my predictions for the season. Why the Orlando Magic? are a playing team. I want to I want to repeat that because my computer is freezing on me. Uh, why the Orlando Magic are a playing team. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NF.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Of course, the NBA preview does not stop with me. The Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here for you, too. It's a six-episode series with all 30 of the Locked On NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For the first time, maybe the second time since we started doing this uh, show, it's one of my favorite shows every year, on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am not in the tanker group. The Orlando Magic are not in the tanker group. And as I'm going to reveal here, I I think they are a legitimate team to make the play in this year. We talk all about the teams that are moving up and down. Atlanta, Chicago, Orlando, Houston, uh, and one more, at Utah. uh, And I think one more Western Conference team, but uh, they're they're, they're not important right now. Um, Listen to it. You can find it in the archives on the Locked On Magic feed or on the Locked On NBA page. Okay. It is the NBA New Year, and, and I want to put myself on record. I'm I I'm not – I make predictions. I do them. I have them. I'm going to take a photo of my of my board here, which I'm going to show you in a minute, uh, taking a look at uh, what my predictions are for the NBA season. I got visual aids. We're low, we're low budget, but I got visual aids. So if you're listening on the podcast, uh, keep listening. Get. I want the listen. I want the download. Um, but pop on over to the YouTube page. You can see my prop here that, that I'm going to pull up, that I'm going to grab here in a second. Um, but um, I want to put myself on record and explain to you why I think the Magic will be a play-in team. Um, it, it, it's it's really quite simple. Um, it's evolution. It, it's, it's growth. It's development. I expect this team to be better. Um, and, you know, the goal is to level up. The goal is to play better basketball. Well, when you're the last team eliminated from the playoffs the previous season, there is only one place to go. There's only one way to go. There's only one thing to do to, to get better. Uh, and honestly, like I know I've said this on the show before, so I will reiterate it here. I, I think the only way we describe this season as a success is if the Magic are playing meaningful games in April, if they're in the play-in tournament. So why are the magic going to make it? Um, one, and this maybe I'll say this for my bold takes here at the end, but one, I think this offense is a lot better. The defense, I'm fairly confident, is going to be good. Um, I, I am not willing to say it's a top 10 defense. Um, I, I think that they will flirt with it. I think there'll be moments where they look very good. I think there's going to be a little bit of inconsistency. I think they're going to give up some things or they're going to make some tweaks that, might weaken some areas that were strong last year. There's going to be some growing pains still defensively. But look, Palo Bancaro, we expect to be better defensively. Um, another year under Jamal Mosley, really understanding what their defense is. We expect them to be better. Anthony Black should make them a better defensive team. Jonathan Isaac for more than 11 games will make them better defensively. Um, a healthy Wendell Carter should make them better defensively. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I think that the offense is going to be the thing that really puts this team over the top. The Magic last year we were 26th in the league in offensive rating. As everyone has told you, the Magic have not been outside the bottom 10 in offensive rating since 2012, since Dwight Howard was here. My first bold take of the season, my first bold take of this episode, that streak ends this year. The Orlando Magic will not be a bottom 10 offense in the league. Now, I, I'm. Not going to say they're going to be top half of the league, which I think is the ultimate goal here, um, at least for this season. But I think a more efficient Powell Caro, I really love the changes that Jamal Mosley put into this offense and the way this team ran its offense in the preseason. I am a believer in what they can do. Um, if this team sticks to its principles and reduces their turnovers like they said they're going to, that's a, that's going to help the defense like I mentioned yesterday. Um, but it's going to make this team better offensively. Like I said yesterday with the turnover issue, turnovers are just taking shots away, taking scoring opportunities away. You turn the ball over a lot, you're scoring less because you're getting fewer opportunities, especially considering how inefficient this Magic team is already because of the shooting issues, which maybe won't be that much of an issue this year. They'll be an issue, but you get what I'm saying. Um, if the Magic turned the ball over less or fewer times, They will get more shots. They will get more scoring opportunities. They will score more points and it's not going to take very much for them to get out of the bottom 10. So I think they make that take that step. I also think this magic team is deeper than it's been. And I know there've been, you could go back through my archives. You can freezing Cole take me. We've talked a lot about this team's depth when they didn't actually have depth. I think this team actually has some depth. Uh, Cole Anthony, like I said, is a legitimate Sixth man of the year candidate. Um, I think I think he. I mean, I don't know if he will win it. I don't think he'll be in the limelight enough to win it. But he is a legitimate candidate. Uh, he is one of the best bench guards in the league, uh, or at least best scoring bench guards in the league. I think he's excellent. Um, you know, another year, Powell obviously getting better. Another year, Franz getting better. Joe Ingles is a really good add. Um, you know, you add to high draft picks and Anthony Black and Jet Howard, um, who may not play at all this year. You know, Jonathan Isaac coming back. Uh, you know, Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze. You know, not the highest level backup centers, but very serviceable. The Magic can more, you know, the Magic can more players than they know what to do with at this point. Again, Anthony Black and Jed Howard are probably going to start the year out of the rotation. Um, that's that's a good problem to have. They have to earn their minutes. They have to earn their place on the court. And maybe they, they maybe they haven't done that in preseason. Um, there will be injuries where they will have to fill in. Everyone's going to be called on at some point this, this uh, season. You're not playing Caleb Houston, the second-year player. You're not playing Chuma Okeke, who, you know, if he's healthy, we know that he can be a pretty solid player. There's, there's just a lot of depth, and there's a lot of reason to believe that this team can take that next step. Look, though, the East is better. Uh, I'm going to bring out my board. I'm going to bring out the big board here in a second. The East is better. This is a better, more competitive Eastern Conference. Making the play-in is not guaranteed, and, and, and I want to be clear about this. My expectation is that this team is playing the postseason. Um, mission eighty-three. That's that is. If the magic aren't branding it that way, I'll brand it that way. Mission eighty-three. The goal this year is to play that eighty-third game, um, in-season tournament notwithstanding. Um, if we're playing eighty-three, playing an eighty-third game in the in-season tournament and have a shot to win a t- trophy, I will take that too. Um, but the goal this year is to get to that eighty-third game. That is a measure of success, but I don't want that to be a measure of failure. The season is not a failure if the team does not make the postseason because you're still going to learn. Because ultimately, like, what the goal for the season is, is to figure out, okay, what do Paolo and Franz need to be excellent, to be the best versions of themselves? And how do we start shaping the team to get there? Now, the best way to learn about that is to get into a seven-game series and get beaten by the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, honestly, the best way to learn all your team's weaknesses Go up against Milwaukee, go up against Boston, You know, magic matchup well with Boston, but go up against those teams, see the weaknesses they attack, see what you're missing, see where Palo and from struggle, get them some playoff experience, and start finding guys to fill those gaps. That's how you get better in this league. You don't learn that necessarily from a big loss in April or a big loss in March or a big loss in January. You don't learn that at that juncture. You only learn it in playoff series. And so that's why getting there is so important because it just gives you so much more information. And again, it gives these guys that big game experience that's that's so important and that this team is missing because they're just so, 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 so young. Um, but this team is capable of getting there. And like I said, it's not a failure if they don't, but they have the talent, they have the, the drive, they have... We think at this point, the focus, they have the ability to get there. They played like a playoff team. They played like a 40-win team last year. Um, after the five and 20 start. 29 and 28 over 57 games. That gets you to 40 wins. Take out the final three games that the magic or tanking, they're 29 and 25. That I believe that is a 42 win pace or 43, 44 win pace. That will get you into the play-in tournament. That's going to get you into postseason basketball. If the magic do what they did last year and get better. They're going to be a postseason team. I think the Magic know that. They've talked about it a lot. And now they just have to go out and do it. So what does the competition look like? I'm going to bring out the big board, share with you my predictions for the upcoming NBA season. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, time for a quick work from our friends over at game time. Okay, I'm going to do this right now. Uh, it is the start of the NBA season, obviously. Home opener is coming up on Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. And if I can find the app on my phone, because it is somewhere there it is, we're going to find out just how much it's going to cost you to get into the game as the Orlando Magic take on the Houston Rockets. It is trending as I am clicking uh, on it. Right now, the cheapest ticket, the cheapest all-in ticket to get to opening night on Wednesday is $32. I'll get you up in section 232, row 14. You can get $32 for 202, 222. Essentially, it's a hot ticket right now. It's a hot ticket to get into the Amway Center because the Magic are the team you want to see. So if you're trying to get tickets to the opening night celebration of the 35th anniversary season, game time is your best way in. Game time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the, it's, that's an italic, so you know it's big. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Again, right now, as I'm recording this overnight on, on Monday night, get in for Orlando Magic's opener against Houston Rockets is $32. Probably not going to find that, that deal anywhere else. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LockedOnNBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and LockedOnNBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs.
0: Okay, I, I made the promise. The big board is coming out. I haven't brought the big board out since my Facebook Live days way back in the day. I think that was even pre-locked on um, when I did my Facebook Live on, on noon before I went to work. Um, maybe we'll bring those back. I don't know. I, I, I got some I got some things planned. I got some things planned. Well, we'll be doing some fun over Magic After Dark here coming up. But um, we are here. It is time to make my predictions official. The Orlando Magic are going to play in tournament. I want that to be perfectly clear. I want you all to believe that. So I'm bringing out the big board once again. It has been a while um, since I've had this. I've had this baby since 1995. You can see the the, the the copyright right there is 1994. I've had this baby for a long time. Best birthday gift my parents ever got me. Got my division standings. But these are the Eastern Conference standings that I have uh, right now. Um, I want to mention this. I think the East is both super competitive, and completely wide open. Um, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, your three favorites, all went through massive changes this offseason. All went through just massive, massive, massive changes, and there's a lot of questions about them. So I think Milwaukee is still my favorite to win the East. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loser. I will take the one seats all the way. But I can easily see Boston winning. Um, I, I can easily see either of those teams getting out of the East. I have Cleveland at number three just because of a little bit of stability. I do think Cleveland got better. I think they'll they'll learn a lot from their uh from their playoff, uh from their playoff experience last year. It would not surprise me if because Milwaukee and Boston are struggling with some new pieces, that Cleveland does get one of those upper seeds. I I still would power rank them below Milwaukee and Boston at the end of the day. I have New York as my five seed at the moment. Uh, I think they're kind of in that netherworld where I don't think they're quite as good as the top four, which they definitely can get there. I'm not going to sit here and say they can't. They're deep. They got some good talent. I don't see them as really a title threat. Um, just I, I just I just don't, no offense, Knicks fans, um, I just don't see them as a title threat right now. That leaves us six through 10. And six through 10 is going to be the interesting part. Miami, Indiana, Atlanta, Orlando, Brooklyn, Chicago, I'll throw Charlotte in there. I'll throw Toronto in there. Six through 12. All those teams have a legitimate stake to a playoff spot. And that means there's going to be, what, eight teams fighting for five spots. Like I've been saying all offseason long, this play in chase is not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be something that you're fight that there's, there's just going to be fights through over and over and over and over again. And honestly, Miami, I'm comfortable putting them at six, but I do think they got worse last worse than last year. Losing Max Struess, losing Gabe Vincent, those were big pieces. They did not replace them. They put all their eggs in the Damian Lillard bucket. You want you want another hot take from me? Orlando, I think Orlando on Fanduel, the Orlando Magic are plus seven fifty to win the Southeast Division. I like those odds. Like, honestly, I think the magic could win the Earl Lloyd trophy or Earl Lloyd trophy this year. Um, I think they could win the division. I'm not going to predict that on a big board like this, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, I getting saying in the Southeast division, I don't like Atlanta that much. Um, I think Atlanta at the very least is going to tread water. If they got better, I, I don't think they got better record wise, um, Losing John Collins for nothing unless DeAndre Hunter is really, really good. I I don't think that team is that much better. I think they will be a 42, 43, 44 win team again. Um, I I certainly have a little bit more faith in them than I do in Orlando just because they've proven it. Trey Young is a dynamic player. DeJounte Murray is a dynamic player. Um, We'll see if they eventually do trade Clint Capella. But I'm not a big fan of what Atlanta did. To me... The two dark horses, Orlando, Brooklyn, Indiana, I think those are the teams most likely to rise and really surprise a lot of people. I think Indiana is more likely to surprise just because a Miles Turner's a veteran. Tyrese Halliburton's a veteran. Buddy Healed, as much as he wants to get out, is a veteran is a veteran player. They know what they're doing. Um, I think they got a little bit better defensively. Bruce Brown was an excellent play, excellent um signing, adding Obi Toppin, adding juris Walker in the draft. I think they filled a lot of needs. They were the sixth seed in the East in January before Tyrese Halliburton's injury, and then they just dropped like a rock. They did struggle to defend. If they can defend just a little bit better, that team is going to be a uh, going to be a team that's going to be, I think, comfortably in the play-in group. I, I don't think there's a doubt. To me, Miami, Indiana are shoe ins to get into the play get into the playoffs of into the postseason of some sort. Atlanta, I'm pretty sure will be in. It's Orlando, Brooklyn, Chicago, and Chicago. Probably you could throw Toronto in there. I'm a little higher on Charlotte, although Charlotte's got a mess uh, off the court, which is not the right way to say that, but they got a mess. Um, I believe it's Steve Clifford, so I'm not going to count Charlotte out completely, but um, Orlando, Brooklyn, two young teams that are really on the rise. I know a lot of people really like Brooklyn, and and look, I like Brooklyn too. McAlbert just had a great finish to the season. Um, McAlbert, that team was really bad after the trades. Um, And yeah, granted, after the trades, huge changes to the team. They made the playoffs based on the work that Kyrie and and Kevin Durant did together before the trades. But Brooklyn, I think, has a lot more work to do than people want to believe. I I think people really like the idea of McHale Bridges because they know him. He's a known commodity. They know Cam Johnson from the the Phoenix days. Um, But they really struggled. So it honestly would not surprise me if Brooklyn's the team that falls out. I think they're still going to be competitive. Don't get me wrong. Um, But it would not surprise me if they're the team that falls out of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Chicago, you know, Chicago obviously has three really good players, DeMar Rosen, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic, and that's always going to keep them competitive. Last year, though, they were terrible on offense, really good on defense. They did not do much to shore up their offense. They added Tory Craig, they added Javon Carter, and look, that's going to make their defense really good. Their defense was already really good. They need some guys who can score the ball, who are going to spread the floor a little bit, that – you know, that, that are going to take them out of the your turn, my turn deal. That's a Billy Don. you know, I watched Florida for a decade and a half. That's Billy Donovan's offense. And, you know, unless he has unselfish guys like Corey Brewer, Joachim Noah, Al Horford, Lee Humphrey. I watched plenty of Anthony Roberson, Irving Walker, Kenny Boynton. Billy Donovan offenses can, can struggle with the wrong, with the wrong players. And, and I think that's been kind of proven a little bit throughout the end, throughout his time in the NBA. So I currently have the Magic sitting as the 9 seed. Give us a give us a play in home game against Brooklyn against Chicago, I don't care. Give us that play in home game. I want to rock the Amway Center for a play in home game. I feel very very comfortable saying I have the Orlando Magic in the range of 38 to 44 wins for the season. I'll go ahead and put put a number on it. Give me the over by the way. 36 and a half is still the over on FanDuel for the Orlando Magic. Give me that over. Um I have the Magic winning 40 games. I think they'll be 40 and 42. Significant improvement. I know it's not 500 like everybody wants. It's not super clean, um, but I think there'll be some growing pains. But I think the Magic will ultimately be a much better team and, and do do really really well. So that's who I really really like in this and in, in, in the, for this for the season for the Magic. I'll go ahead and flip over to the West. Oh, there goes my headphones. Um, I'll go ahead and flip over to the West here. My headphones are gone. Um, I have Denver winning uh, at the top of the West at the moment. Uh. Just, uh, just it's. There's a lot of mess in the West too. There's a lot of teams with mat with with the mess. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to be the big climber in the Western Conference. Uh, they definitely look ready to to play. Um, the two westerns are the Suns and the Clippers. Um, they I lost those so at some point in the last thirty one years or so, uh, thirty years. Um, but uh, have that that those. That's what those are. Um, Golden State's starting to fade. I think Memphis is going to fall just because they've got a lot of things going on that uh, that are bad and, and losing Stephen Adams is, is a bigger deal than I think people are really letting on here. Let me put my headphones back, headphone back on. Hopefully that didn't ruin anything. Um, but honestly, but uh, that's going to do it for me. Those are my predictions for the season. Uh, I will take a photo of those that way I'll take a photo of those. That way we have them for posterity's sake. We can all laugh at me later, but again, I have the Orlando magic winning 40 games. Making the play-in tournament as the ninth seed, give us a home play-in game, and and we'll see where we go from there. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You of course, find me on Twitter at philip r underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the amazing podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow you can of course follow me there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Follow me as well on Twitter at philip r underscore omd. And don't forget to check out. My Patreon page for immediate reactions to any magic news, practice reports, at the buzzer reports from games. You want my take, my takeaways on things, uh, extra information that doesn't make it in my articles on Orlando Magic Daily. My P- Patreon page is the place to go, the Orlando Magic Hub. That's patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. For my everyday crew, we're going to continue the magic preview tomorrow with a special guest. I will reserve who that is. I'll post that probably, I'm going to try and post that between our two games tomorrow. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Phil Frost for Nike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown.